Gillian Devlin in for Joe Nash on Live 95. Now, a burglar broke into my next guest's apartment and attacked her while she slept. The sex assault on Sarah Grace tore her world apart and she had to battle a number of issues. Sarah's released her new book, Ash Plus Salt, From Survival to Empowerment After Sexual Assault. And she joins us on the line this morning. Good morning to you, Sarah. Hi, hi, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, Sarah. So... Sarah, can you take us back to this incident and and give us just a brief brief overview of what happened? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I'm always very mindful not to trigger anyone because it is a shocking story, and you know there might be little ears listening in the background, so I won't go into any of the gory detail. There's plenty in the book, but uh, essentially, in July of 2019, I went to bed one Tuesday, like any other night. And it was stifling hot, so I had the window open on the safety latch, which I checked before going to bed. And I fell asleep and woke up in the middle of the night with a complete stranger on top of me. And I had no idea what was happening, um, no idea who he was. And he started strangling me. So what happened, as you said, was a burglar broke in through the window. He stole all of my valuables. And after stashing his loot outside, he then came back in while I was still asleep with every intention of raping me. So as I said, I won't go into detail. In a nutshell, there was a a very violent uh, fight for my life. I did manage to fight him off and I ran away, but he chased me. And when he caught me, there was a, a second uh, extremely violent fight on the floor, more strangling to the point where I thought I was going to die. And it culminated in, in a very violent, um, aggravated sexual assault. So when I eventually fought him off and escaped, I sounded the alarm and we escaped outside until the guards arrived. And I believe the attacker was caught within the next couple of days by the guards. And then you had to go through the, the trauma of the trial. Yeah, so the trial was much later, Gillian. That was um, a year and a half later, which I'm told is uh, record speed. It's almost never been done before. Usually trials for rape and sexual violence take on average two to three years to get to trial. Um, But as you say, yeah, I found the the trial in many ways, and I, I really understand the weight of my words when I say this, I found the trial more traumatic than the attack itself. Um, And that was for a number of reasons, the main one being, you know, our justice system in my eyes should be designed to protect our society and to protect survivors and to give the accused an equal, um, sorry, a fair and just trial. But at every single step of the way, everything was a fight for me, you know, um, sexual violence survivors and rape survivors you amount to a witness in the trial. You are not considered um, a victim. Therefore, you are not granted any legal representation, which I, as a lawyer, did not know, and I found that incredibly shocking. So no one explains everything to you. It feels like the whole system is targeted against you. Um, The accused obviously has a whole defense team, as he should, which is completely fair, but there's no one there to explain to you how you can get tripped up at every step of the way. And there's no one there to fight for you. So in my case, for example, about two weeks before the trial was due to begin, and you can imagine the mental state you're in as the trial is approaching to get yourself ready for something like that, 
um, they pulled the rug from under our feet and said, oh, actually, um, we are going to delay the trial by a year um, because of the, the COVID pandemic. And nobody told me that I was allowed to speak up for myself. And, you know, it was presented to me as a fait accompli. It was not. I did kick up a fight thinking nothing would come of it and managed to get the date changed back to the original date. That's something nobody tells you as a survivor. So the whole point of the book is to walk survivors through every step of your journey from day one of the assault, through your PTSD, through the criminal investigation, the trial, and you know ultimately your healing. Um, and I also talk to the support network of a survivor, whether the survivor is going through the trial or not, to try to give really practical advice that I wasn't given in my journey that, you know, I had to learn on a, a, a trial and error basis. Sarah, why are we so bad at this in this country? I remember going back, I think I was, I don't know, whether I was a teenager or not much older when we mm. had the Lavinia Kerwick story. Right. Lavinia yeah. Kerwick famously went on the, the late yeah. Jerry Ryan's radio show to make her case for what had yeah. happened to her, a, a rape victim, and felt that she'd been very poorly treated by the system. Different experience to your own experience, but the, the criticisms you are making now, I yeah. think, have been around since back then. Uh, uh, and why haven't they sorted it? Yeah, I agree with you. Like people have been saying this for a long time. I think more and more people are starting to to speak up about this. But it's interesting you say in this country because, um, and you would never tell from my accent, I'm actually French, and in my country it's just as bad. And in my country, in the justice system, for all intents and purposes, the rape victim is the victim in the trial. Therefore, they are given some form of a, a defense or a legal representation. We're not. I think the reason it's so difficult is because we, as a society, we have this perception of rape and sexual violence survivors as this one-dimensional, you know, girl huddled in the fetal position with a tear rolling down her bruised cheek. And it's, that's just not the reality of it at all. And I make a point in the book that actually there's a lot of hope to be gained from this as well. And being raped or being, you know, surviving sexual violence, it's not a death sentence. You don't lose your fun, flirty, friendly side. You do for a while, and it takes a while to come back to it. But every person is different, and you're still you at the end of the day. So I try to, again, make the point in the book. And the book, by the way, Gillian, is really targeted not just at survivors, but non-survivors as well. The whole point of the book is to start getting an open and understanding conversation around sexual violence. And when I used to stand on the other side before this happened to me, I had no idea how to talk about this. It was, you know, a topic much like death or grief that you don't want to go near because it, it, it just seems so grim. But actually... It's not that scary when we talk, start to talk about it. Like, yes, it's not a, a palatable subject of conversation for a dinner party, maybe. But I think it's something that we need to start introducing into our conversations more and more. And it doesn't have to be gory or shocking. And it doesn't have to be male bashing either, by the way. I think we need to approach it with a lot more compassion and understanding and openness if we're going to get anywhere in terms of the legal reforms. Question I have for you. Something that's crossed my mind recently. The violence against women, um, both, you know, just violence and sexual assault against women used as entertainment in the entertainment industry, in films, in TV programmes, um, sometimes for drama, mm. you, often for drama. 
I have found myself lately when I see this getting a feeling in my stomach on why is this being put forward as entertainment and actually having a fear that there are men out there and I don't mean to be men bashing either but there are individuals mm. out there who are you know get a certain sort of a kick out of watching those kind of things because why why are they making them and I I, I don't get it and I'm just wondering as, as a, uh, a survivor yourself how you feel about that. Yeah, well, it's a difficult one. Like, I certainly find them triggering, personally speaking. So there's just some scenes I, I just can't watch. I won't put myself there. I need to, to protect my <laughs> headspace. Um, I think sometimes they're put forward, hopefully with good intentions. You know, you would hope that they're trying to, to almost shock you and grab your attention. And it's a way of, you know, in the same way I'm doing with the book, to, to talk about this and put yeah. this topic um, and this issue at the forefront of our conversation. But I agree with you, sometimes it is just entertainment, as you say, and, and the issue there is that you can almost normalise that violence, and, and that's where the issue comes in. And I know that um, in Ireland, compared to France, there's this massive, massive issue around consent and what consent is, and it seems to be such a difficult concept to understand. It's really not. Um, but it, it, I think, yeah, as you say, those types of scenes or those types of movies can turn the dial the other way and we just have to be careful that if we are introducing that into particularly younger adults or you know like teenagers that we have the right conversations with them as well and that we have the right conversations with men and I have to say personally I've been blown away by the response of men to the book and to my story like they're so willing to talk about it and they've been actually a lot more open in some ways than women have been on average they want to understand more and i think they welcome an environment where they can talk about it and ask questions that won't be held against them as you know stupid or how can you not know about this mm. so yeah i think we just need to to try to be a little bit more um open and compassionate as you know to the extent possible because i agree with you when i see those scenes i get angry myself <laughs> but um yeah, yeah it's about no. trying to strike strike that balance uh, and, and I appreciate that art is art and, uh, you know, people will have different opinions uh, yeah. about these things at times. I was just curious as to how you felt about it yourself. Um, the name of the book, Ash and Salt. Can you explain yeah. that to me? Yeah, I, I get that asked um, that question a lot. So I speak a lot in images in the book. And so Ash and Salt, surprisingly, is about healing. Uh, so Ash is self-explanatory. You know, it's the symbol of destruction, of finality. Everything's been burnt down to ashes. And when explaining the impact of sexual violence in the book, I use the image of a volcano that blasts a hole through your life and reduces everything to ashes. But actually, I make the point in the book that volcanic ash is the most fertile type of soil in the world, and it can be the place for new beginnings, for new shoots to grow and flourish. So ash actually can be the, the scene for your healing and for an even better life to grow where you're more aware of your life and the value of it and what you actually want to achieve with it so salt then on the other hand salt is toxic salt in the land is poison and legend has it that when the romans took the city of carthage when they burnt it to the ground supposedly they sowed the earth with salt so that nothing could grow from the ashes ever again so I use salt as a metaphor in the book for all those things that hinder your healing, be they, you know, toxic thoughts, toxic people, dodging your self-care, toxic environments. 
And that applies not just to the trauma of rape and sexual violence, but to all trauma, really, when you think about it. You're not going to heal if you are in a toxic environment. You're not going to heal if you're surrounded by toxic people. So throughout the book, I thread those images and try to explain how to clear away the salt from your ash and, and focus on regrowing from that ash. Sarah, you are an absolutely remarkable person. Uh, Sarah Grace, the book is Ash Plus Salt. And uh, people can also follow you on Instagram at Busy Warrior Yoga. You're uh, a yoga specialist as well. Um, (laughs) I wish you all the very best. And we all want to see those changes in our legal system. So it's great to have an advocate like yourself. That's Sarah Grace. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today. With Gillian Devlin, in for Joe Nash on Live 95.